You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a mini roundtable where you're just stuck with Matt and I. I actually have this in a weird view. Nope, it's my only view. Doesn't matter. We're on Zoom, and by this time in the pandemic, I should probably have it figured out, but I don't. Anyway, uh, this is a mini roundtable where we talk about the art and science of the stuff that we're going to put on our feet. Uh, and today, we are going to have a discussion on two uh, parallel topics. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into two specific shoes, but then have a conversation about budget trainers. And we're defining that as pretty much any shoe that's coming in at $100. Um, that has kind of the top, the upper quality of foams and is kind of this entry entry shoe into the running world. So the ones we're going to dive into a little bit closer, we each got to test different ones. I have the Brooks Launch 8 and Matt has the Brooks Launch GTS. Uh, if you've been paying attention to the Brooks world and the Brooks line, they've kind of changed how they package shoes, which is kind of nice. They basically have these parallel shoes that one is the base model, like the launch, and then they have a GTS tacked on, which is called go to stability. That's what they're having GTS stand for. And that are what they call the guide rails on the side of the shoe. So you kind of have what they call their neutral shoe and then the partner stability shoe that's called the same thing, just with some guide rails put on it in this case. So what we're going to do first is run through the specs of these two shoes Matt hasn't pulled up on his computer. And then we'll each give our little rundown of our experience in the launch. So both shoes have actually fairly similar specs in terms of the launch is for a men's size nine is 8.6 ounces for the launch GTS, it's 8.9 ounces. Uh, for some reason, I'm getting slightly different stack heights through running warehouse, but the stack height should be roughly the same where with the sock liner, it's about 34 millimeters in the heel and 24 millimeters in the forefoot. And that's, again, this, the shoes are essentially the exact same thing. One just has guide rails, one does not. So one's supposed to be light stability, one's just a pure light stability trainer yeah so matt give me uh we'll, we'll both kind of do this we're, just give your overall gist of everything from fit to ride to what you think the shoe is good for yeah i think overall this shoe is your fit wise runs on the snugger side right so a little bit more performance performance oriented in terms of ride it's got a little bit softer ride, but not super soft. It tends, this is going to sound a little mean, but it's just how it is. It's not a super inspiring ride at normal paces. Just kind of like you're, yeah, this is a, you know, hundred dollar training shoe. The, it starts to come a little bit more alive when you pick up the pace. So I would definitely put this in your like, perf, like performance trainer ish where it certainly can pick up the pace a little bit, but I, I personally wouldn't use this for racing, but I think a large number of people would be able to do this, especially if they're coming from a, a larger shoe. Narrower midsole platform. This is the launch is going to be your, your very, very neutral ride. 
the launch GTS is supposed to have guide rails. It's supposed to make it mild stability, but that stability is very, very mild. And we'll dive into that a little bit more. So definitely a really good set of shoes, either launch or launch GTS, depending on your needs as an entry level shoe for people who aren't, you know, especially like your high school runner or your new runner, who's not quite sure if they really want to get into running and aren't really ready to spend 130, 150 bucks on a, a pair of running shoes, but want something that's a little bit versatile to be able to go, Hey, I want to be able to handle some mileage, but also pick up the pace. So also for those people that may be more experienced wearing a adrenaline or more modest stability shoe, this might be a good option to drop down to, or some people who wear the ghosts might be able to drop down to the launch if they're slowly getting into racing flats and maybe something with carbon or super light or super aggressive may not be appropriate for them. And they're just looking to finish a race with a lighter shoe is kind of where I would stick these shoes or if someone just wants to pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah. And when you say fit snug, would you still put it in the true to size category for length and width? And it just, and is it snug in the bo toe box or did you find it snug in the, the midfoot? Like where did you see it was? So heel was fairly, was fairly normal, although there was good security here. I felt it get a little more snug through kind of front of the midfoot, definitely into the forefoot. It's breathable. The mesh, mesh does stretch, but it's definitely got a little bit more performance fit up fronts just just for me although it's not something once you get warm up i didn't really notice it but definitely every time i put it on i'm like yeah it's just not like crushing but it's it's a flexible mess but fits a little closer yeah no i think um just to kind of piggyback off of what you were talking about and i'm, I'm going to use the word this word and it's don't take the, all of the negative connotations with it like the shoe is very basic is how I would describe it from its ride and, um, and the materials that are used and kind of what it feels like. It's very basic. It's not giving you like the bounce or the pop that you get from some other shoes. Um, the outsole is kind of full coverage, but like you said, a little bit narrow in the, in that midfoot, they, they kind of suck it in there a little bit. Um, and the, and then it's a very traditional kind of like mesh upper. So it, it's a very basically constructed shoe, but like you said, I agree completely that this could be one of those good options for somebody who's just trying to break into the running scene and say, Hey, is this, is this potentially what I want to do? The, I thought that the launch, if you can go with a neutral shoe, cause it's not overly soft. So it's not overly unstable. It doesn't have so much stack that makes it unstable. It has a very basic package here. That could be a great option for you to start running with. And I also think that it, it it's okay for, you know, a certain amount of mileage and below. I don't think that this would be a shoe that, I mean, you can take any shoe to marathon. Anybody could take any shoe to a marathon. <laughs> You've seen people run ultras and sandals. So like, it's, it's not the matter of the, the shoe, it's the person. But I think that for uh, what I found from my comfort level, this was for, you know, an hour or less, this was the kind of, this would be a shoe that would be okay for me. More than that, it felt like the foam just kind of would, would be done. And um, being done wasn't a huge difference because before that it was just kind of basic as well, I guess. Uh, I think the other thing in terms of fit for me, it was kind of odd. It fit fine, but I felt like it was very flat from back to front. So like you said, normal, normal heel, but then I didn't feel like it got any more narrow in the, like the early part of the midfoot. And then it stayed just as narrow in the early part of the toe box. And it just kind of was a straight line forward. So that made it be like fine in the heel, almost loose in the midfoot, 
tight in the early toe box and then fine in the, in the late toe box. That's how I would describe how it fit for me was kind of, it just like went straight forward. I wish what they would do with this upper since it is, you know, for them, they categorize it as a speed day shoe. That's what Burke's, they kind of call it the speed neutral because they have like speed cushion, energize all of those. If you've been on their website, that's how they categorize their stuff. This one's in the speed category. I think I'd like to see a little bit more refined upper in terms of locking down the midfoot a little bit, just because if I was going to use it for that, it felt a little bit sloppy through there. But um, other than that, again, it was fine. I think that weird little tidbit has a little bit of um, that retro curve of the heel counter, which actually worked as a pull tab pretty well for me. There's only been a couple of shoes that actually work well for that, but a nice little feature there. Uh, and a nice tongue. It's not gusseted. It's loose, but it didn't move around. And I think it has just the right amount of padding to protect against the laces. And you can you can lace it down pretty good. Actually, I, I want you to reach on that. This is going to sound weird. Can you reach on that tongue a little farther down? Did you feel that? Yeah. Is isn't that on the runs? Yeah. Isn't that technically? Uh, I didn't notice it actually till I was writing the review this morning. Uh, that is that gusseted where there's a connection there. I don't think I or have you the don't, same You don't thing count in. that. It's like half of it. Half the tongue is connected. Zero, zero like of movie. mine is connected. None of mine. Really? Yep. None All of right. mine is well, connected. So then on the, on, the, on the GTS version, there is a little bit of a half gusset on here if you reach in there a little bit. So that obviously oh. I was not a potential difference between the two of them. So There's a difference between There the is something shoes. different besides <laughs> just guide rails. So lesson learned right there. Yeah. I think, uh, just another, that's interesting. It, stability. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about, we can talk about this too, but, uh, breathability oh. of the upper was good too, because it was pretty, yeah. pretty thin. It's got a nice toe guard. I, again, it's a fine constructed shoe, a good entry level option. Um, but let's, let's talk about stability of the GTS with the, with guide rails in general. And then we want to open this up and compare to some other $100 options. So my biggest comparison of this, the only, the place you're going to see this is in the shoes like the Transcend or the biggest one that most people are going to be aware of, given that it's very popular is the Brooks Adrenaline. So a lot of people were not super happy that the Adrenaline switched over from using a post to using the guide rails. And I got the opportunity to look at version 21, which David now has and did a multi-test review. So the guide rails are much more subtle. So in the, the Adrenaline, it creates a lot more stiffness with a couple other factors. These are pretty mild. I'd say most runs, I really didn't notice them that much. I had to stand there really go, am I feeling something? And I might feel a little bit of pressure, but for the most part, they're pretty non-invasive. You won't really notice them until you start really putting some pressure there. And even when I started to fatigue, I also didn't really notice them. So at most very mild stability from these components. I'd say you're going to get a little bit better from the, the slight uh, flare of the forefoot. I do have to say as a critique that I am really not a fan of this super narrow midfoot. I can handle it when it curves in here. This like divot out here makes this really challenging as I'm someone who, when I pick up the pace, my trajectory really changes and I tend to go a little bit more out this direction. And I've, I've seen this, not just wear patterns because we know wear patterns are not the most accurate. I've seen this. I've seen this through gait analysis. When I pick it up, I'm landing and I'm trans my trajectory is a little further out here. So this feels like 
it kind of gives way and creates this is really narrow. So to me, this heels decent, forefoot's decent. It's the midfoot is really unstable, which is what I think also takes away from some of this the small stability added here. So people who land a little bit more forward are gonna probably enjoy the shoot. People who are don't really need a ton of stability or just want just a, like a touch will do well. But anybody with higher stability needs, this is probably not going to be a daily trainer. This is going to be like your speed day shoe or something like that, where you pick up the pace a little bit, but just still want a lot of cushion underneath. Yeah. Last final thing before we jump into the comparisons and kind of just talking about uh, budget shoes, mm -hmm. the midsole, what did you say it was? Matt? It's called Biomogo DNA. So it's an EVA infusion yeah. midsole. There's a combination of, someone please correct us because it usually doesn't tell, They Brooks doesn't usually mention exactly what it is, but I believe it's a combination of, I think EVA and some kind of non-Newtonian uh, material that they talk about where their, their thing is, hey, the more force you put into it, the more it firms up and becomes responsive, the less force, the softer it becomes. Exactly what material, we're not sure. I don't know if, if I'm sure that's proprietary and Brooks doesn't even say that. So we'll have to, anybody knows we'll find out tell us let us know uh i think so now we really wanted to use these shoes as an opportunity to talk about what are the 100 options out there or below uh so just as a quick list oh go ahead matt which these actually the ravenna which is the previous version of this didn't used to be a hundred dollar shoe so this is an interesting shift as the ravenna used to be a couple more bucks and was slowly getting a little bit more expensive but this is now a little this is definitely a, a same spirit, but a different shoe from those who are used to the Ravenna. So just be aware of that. So now this is a budget shoe. So this is a hundred dollars, which would have thought years ago, we would call a hundred dollars a budget, budget. shoe, but that's yeah, how it goes now. Sickening, sickening. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but so what, we're, what we're here to talk about is that there are some pretty awesome shoes at the hundred dollar price range. So yes. And so Matt, fill, me, fill in if I, if I miss one, but you know, we have these two, we have the Brooks launch, the Brooks launch DT, GTS. We have the Brooks Revel. We have the, he's holding it up right there, the Saucony Axon, uh, which is a unique one in this category. We have the Reebok uh, Forever Float Red Energy. We're going to talk about the 3.0 today, the current model that's out. Uh, and then you have New Balance Propel, which actually neither of us have tried. So we're not going to dig into that one, but that's, uh, that's a softer from what I, what we know about it, a little bit softer, um, another $100 option. And then we didn't talk about this one before, but Atreyu, you know, if you do single, single purchase from Atreyu, they're looking at 70, I think it's 79 or $75. If you do their, um, subscription, it's 55, uh, every two months. Um, and so there's a, there are actually a pretty large handful of shoes that give you a higher quality midsole that's going to be more resilient to compression uh, than shoes that fall in the even the $80 realm. That can do some good things for daily training. So we're going to kind of go really briefly one by one. Uh, Matt will give us some general specs in terms of weight and stuff and what makes them unique. But I think the main, one of the main points that I want to put out in the beginning is, especially when I'm working with people, even if they're just standing on their feet, walking for work, I'm talking about in the clinic, um, and, then, and then runners as well, is I do try to encourage them, if it's possible, find a way to get to the higher level foams because they are made with higher quality. They're more resilient. 
if it's something that you're starting to use more often, those foams don't, you know, if it's like compressing something, then you have to wait for it to rebound back to its original state and then you compress it again. And I'm saying like, if you go for a 10 mile run and then you let them sit in your house for a day that during that day, they do reform the different matrix inside of the foams. The foams that are cost less have less of that resiliency to get to their original form. So these shoes use foam compounds that are used in higher, even like more premium shoes. In those cases, they're just improving the materials of like the upper and some other constructions and things like that. So that's what we like about these shoes is that they have the higher level foams, uh, but they come in at a cheaper price point. They might cut some corners in some other places. And I think we've, we've both been impressed. I certainly been impressed by a couple of these models recently. It's certainly uh, the Axon, which we'll talk about in a second. I know David really likes the Brooks Rubble and we had him test version three. And so hopefully we'll get our hands on version four here shortly. But yeah, it's one of those things like we, you kind of expect premium and you think, oh, this is not going to be as good. And again, you'll be surprised that they're using some of the same phones and it, it can be a great model for those people who may not have the financial abilities to go and buy a $150, $200 shoe. So these have some great, some really great functions. Yeah. In my mind, so you have the launch, which is kind of a perfect standing point because it's very basic. If you slide over to the Revel from what David's told us, it just gets a little bit bouncier, a little bit softer, but it can really just, again, pound out miles, durable. And just if you, if this is like, more of a flat ride, which sometimes people like. If you want something with a little bit more of a bounce and a little bit soft, the Revel can be that for you. Um, but when I think verging onto the like more fun foam realm, I go straight to the Forever Flowrate Energy. Is that where you go to? I, I same thing. I, I have to say now. I know I'm, I'm I'm hyping it up a little bit. The Axon I think has taken that a little bit. But the Forever Flow Art NG mm -hmm. was a shoe that I was able to do almost everything in. I did trail runs in it. I did my repeats in it very fast. And that foam, again, it's typically used in higher levels, in higher level, more expensive shoes. So I think on that bounciness scale, that might of these shoes might take the cake. So I definitely think I agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah. I think the 3.0, they made it a little softer. It was a little bit more unstable. And I would say, for me, it still is that hour and below. Yeah. Like that's the sweet spot is like for runs that are an hour or shorter. The stuff that's longer, I didn't love it as much. I just felt like it flattened out. Yeah, I used that, that too. I used that on a trail run, on like a 14 mile trail run. And that was an interesting experience. It would definitely not be, I would never do that again, but it was interesting to write about that. And I agree. I yeah. think I'd keep it to an hour or less. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about, I think the Axon is a unique a unique $100 shoe. It's the only one that's really high stack. It's the only one that's four millimeter drop that we've mentioned. Yeah. Um, a lot of the other ones are 10 or nine or eight. Um, this one's four millimeter. So yeah, tell me, and I think for me, it's the one that can go long distance, no problem. And I, if you're I used to a rocker sole. I have used this for what, 15, 16 mile runs. I've got about 80 something miles on this right now. I'm going to do a full video review and written review when I hit a hundred in this, just because it is still lasted. And look, I still have outsole. It's amazing. That's actually so nuts. talk about durability. Like this is one of those ones where you're getting your money's worth at a hundred bucks. You've got all the stuff from the endorphin line. You've still got power on foam. You've got um, the speed roll, a really good rocker, a lot of shoe here. And this shoe has been really resilient. I have really enjoyed putting this on my feet. 
upper may not be as fancy as some of your other models. And I think that's where they take some of the stuff out, but it's fine. It's just, it's a teen, it's a little bit more performance. So just a hair snugger than probably other than certainly the shift, but they, this is a great shoe. Very well worth, like I'm about ready to go purchase another one off running warehouse. It's that good. And, and you liked the shift to begin with. Like I, the shift I, worked for you. The shift worked And this also well. worked for you. Yeah. yeah, it works for different reasons where the shift had some different setup in terms of how, just for me, I'm always looking for just a teeny bit of natural stability. And the shift did it in a different way where it was high stack, stiffer. There was some very interesting plastic pieces back here where this one actually like the roll is really good. And there actually are some well done sidewalls through here. So the shift didn't have that nearly as much, but it's still, yeah. it's different, but it still worked very well for me. So, and I love the shift. That was almost my shoe of the year. So the Axon definitely took some things that made it, how do I say a little, a little less aggressive, but still like reachable to a lot of people that I've really mm -hmm. enjoyed so far. Yeah. I, I think, endurable yeah i think that for me the axon is the shoe that for those who can handle high stack and for those who can handle rock a rocker because it has a noticeable four it's foot a rocker noticeable one rocker for sure yeah for those people who can handle that i think this is the the highest value shoe of the hundred dollar shoes because you can get so many miles out of it and you can use it for really long runs and it's light enough to do some speed work uh I just think that there's a lot of value with the Axon if, it, if it's a shoe that works for you in terms of rockers and stack height. The other quick thing that I wanted to mention about it is that some differences between that and the Shift. The Shift, um, they have on their website, it'll be listed as the same stack height, but in reality, the stack height is about four millimeters lower in the Axon because on the website, they include the sock liner for this one, but not for the other one. So it's a little bit lower okay. and there's... The, I think the other, in terms of the midsole, the other big change is there's no top layer of power run PB. So they, I think that's why they included the shift in the endorphin line and not the axon because the axon doesn't carry any power run PB, but that's the common link between those other ones. Right. And then you have weirdly the power run PB put in the freedom <laughs> for, but um, yeah, it's fine. But I, I, I think that this shoe just carries a lot of value to it. I agree. And definitely at a hundred bucks, like, and you'll probably soon be able to find it cheaper as, as things start going on sale. I think also those people who are interested in maximalist shoes, but don't necessarily want to drop 150 plus bucks because most of those high stack shoes are going to be more expensive. This would be a good option for you to test it and go, is this shoe type going to work for me? So rather than go spend 150, 160, 180 bucks on a shoe and realize this doesn't work for me now, I can't return it this is a good option for you to go, Hey, can I test out? Can I ease my body into something that's more affordable? And if it doesn't work, it's not going to hit my wallet as hard as say shoes that may cost tw almost twice as much of that. So yeah. good shoe for multiple reasons. I think Saucony did a really good job. Um, I hesitate. It's the price range. I hesitate to call this an entry level shoe just because it's definitely, it's got it. It can hold its own, but a hundred bucks. This is, this is again, agree. This is probably the best value. Yeah. And it, you know, we talk about what's the best shoe for a new runner. And I think it's hard to say that the Axon wouldn't be that, but there is something to say about how there's, there's the traditionalist in me. That's like, when you look at the Brooks launch, you have a very traditional running shoe besides, you know, it's kind of newer to have a full contact outsole, I guess, but newer in the last couple of years, I guess. But I think, um, 
yeah, there's something to say about, oh, Rocker Design Maximalist isn't entry le- like an entry-level shoe, but it could be. If this is your first time running, who's to say whatever's whatever you put on is your entry shoe? But right. um, there's some safety about, you know, a slightly lower stack, a more, even even compared to Float Right Energy, you know, like Energy Foam is a little bit different. It's got a little bit of bounce to it, a little bit of responsiveness, whereas the launch is just like this slab of EVA. And so what's, what's the better entry shoe? I feel like when, what you mean in terms, in terms of that is going, this is going to be more similar to shoes that people have probably been wearing casually, right? Where the, the stack height foam is going to be similar. The design of the shoe is going to be more similar. There's plenty of casual shoes that look very similar to this that don't definitely don't use for running. But when you start getting into stuff like this, there's enough elements here that are going to be very different when, than what people have probably worn before. And what we always talk about is that there's no such thing as bad shoes. You just have to make sure that your body is ready to tolerate something new. So if it's really mm-hmm. new to you, always ease into it because it may or may not work and your body may need some time to get used to it. So the Axon is a really highly cushioned shoe. It just for some reason, some people that aren't used to some of these components like the snack stack height or the rocker doesn't matter yes. how great a shoe is if it's very if it's different than anything else you've ever worn you should ease into it because the body needs time to adapt to new stresses so yeah great point are we missing any of them that we talked about i mean we should we really hit? can't really dive into the new balance propel because we haven't really talked about that yeah We've hit everything else though. We've pretty much hit everything else. I think we're going to, we were talking about mentioning a couple other ones that were just a hair above. Yeah. So I, my, I think something that's interesting is the ones that we've listed all can function as daily trainers. For me, the one that can go on runs more than an hour is the Axon. The rest of them for me are kind of an hour below, but that is probably just me preference. Um, which for a lot of people, an hour run is going to be more than enough. (laughs) You know, Uh, I think, yeah. Yeah. When you go up from 100, your next category is like these 110, maybe $115 shoes. But those are those no longer usually. So there's you guys are all probably gonna have examples that go against what I'm what we've said so far. But the the next category of 110, 115 are usually lightweight trainers. Yeah. That aren't as versatile for daily training. I'm thinking like the Rincon is 115, the Kinvara comes in at 110. I'm holding one right here. You have the the Liberate from Puma. That's 110. Um, what is the Razor 3 coming in at? Let's go look that up. Razor, that- or the 3 Plus. But you have th- the next step up is some really, really nice shoes, but they're not going to be these really nice daily trainers. Right. Even the Razor is in the 130. 130- 35 range. Oh, Razor's 130, 135. Okay. But I agree in the fact that you're going to see a little bit more lightweight trainers, which for some people, like some people like myself that might be a little bit lighter or lighter shoes, it's going to be fine. But the majority of the population is going to see those as their workout. And a lot of people are going to see that as race day shoes for those people who can't handle the more aggressive racing flats, even the, the carbon fiber ones. So I agree that now you're starting to step up a little bit because to be honest with you, your normal trainer and a lot of shoes are in that 130, 140 range now. So that's kind of where you're seeing most of your traditional daily trainers. Yeah. Lightweight stuff yeah. around 110 with 15, depending on the product. There's obviously some plenty of exceptions. Right. Totally. Yep. But this is good. It's exciting that I think I'm hoping. I know this isn't a review of the Axon, but I'm hoping that what what Saucony did by 
putting out a really unique $100 option. I'm hoping more companies are going to follow suit so that the running community has even more quality options that fall in at a hundred bucks or below. That'd be even better. I guess when things go on sale, they're below. But here's my final question for you, Matt, before we sign off. If you got to, oh, oh, sorry. The one other thing I wanted to ask you um, with your experience in the GT, launch GTS, yes. of all the shoes we mentioned, none of them are explicitly stability shoes except for the launch GTS. Yes. Do you, would you say that of all of those, it is actually the most stable? Because this could be, well, what one would you say is more stable? You know, for me personally, based on, so again, what we talk about is stability you, you cannot just classify it by a sidewall or a post. You know, there's plenty of shoes that are supposed to be stability shoes, but end up being really unstable because the midsole's unsoft, is too, sorry, is too soft or the geometry is not very stable. So for me, if for, we're going to have the review written review up pretty soon, I didn't find this all that stable. Um, I think especially the narrow midfoot offset any, for me personally, any major benefit from the guide rails. So I found it very mild stability at most. To me, honestly, without being overly intrusive with the post or guide rails, I found the Axon the most stable because there are some sidewalls and they're not as aggressive as the guide rails are supposed to be. But again, this, the rocker, the sidewalls seem to keep my foot really locked in, in a, in a nice neutral, like yeah. non-intrusive way. So I've used this for 14, 50 miles. I can't do that in launch. GTS. That's just my might buy mechanic. Yeah. I found this one actually the most stable of the hundred. More stable. Personally. Yeah. So that could be two options to try out. If you're somebody yeah. who needs a little lightweight stability, you only have a hundred bucks. Yeah. That could be the direction to go is try it. Try those two. I think I'd agree. I float rate energy for me, especially version three, is pretty unstable yeah, <laughs> for me. Soft, it's just very soft. Very soft. Um but Launch was okay. Yeah, it was a very neutral shoe. Yep. Not not anything even extreme launch, one way or another. Even the launch GTS was pretty was also fairly neutral. So I think it, if you're at a running store and they and you need a shoe and you have the choice and they don't have your size in the launch, the launch yeah. GTS is probably gonna actually work fine. It's not that much different. Yeah. So here's my final question. If you got to pick one shoe that one budget shoe that you got to, to have as your trainer for an entire year, what would it be? And I, we, I think everybody probably could have guessed this by now. I wouldn't hesitate. I, it's funny the number of shoes that we have right now that I can't stop grabbing this. Um, I just have, it's really seems to fit my foot. Well, it seems to ride well. It's a shoe that I can do workouts in and it only is a hundred bucks. So I'm probably going to purchase yeah. another one with my own money. Cause this was sent to us but it just keeps lasting and it's been, yeah, it just has worked really well. So this would definitely be my like, yeah. Hey, if I had to choose one shoe, this would probably be it. it. It pains me to say, because I've loved the float red energy from the first version, but I would also choose the Axon right now. Um, if, if, it, if the, if it was for you only get one shoe for the whole right. year, that would be my choice. If I could have a shoe rotation where the, Float rate energy could be for some shorter days, whether they're recovery or a little bit of like a mini workout, mm -hmm. I would take float rate energy. But if it's strictly one shoe, um, I'm going with the Axon as well. I've, I've taken that one over 13 um, and some, some speedier miles too. So it's, 
and it, it just has felt good. Like it's been fine. There's the most protection underneath. And the one thing I'm starting to, this is not a review of the axon. I keep forgetting this, but the one thing I'm starting to notice is that the foam is starting to compress more in the back for me. And so I'm starting to go from, you know, you have that four millimeter drop. I'm starting to notice it flatten a little bit, um, but I haven't had any issues yet. So I can't complain too much. So that's what we got today. Those are our abundant trainers. We went over the launch and launched GTS a little bit closer, but there are a lot of options out there at hundred dollars. If you guys have any questions for us, you can drop them below and we'd love to, to talk to you about what shoes might work best for you based on shoes that have worked in the past. Maybe give your thoughts on what you think are the, are great entry-level shoes and what defines a good entry-level shoe. Um, that'd be a fun discussion to see people have as well, but thanks for taking the time. Check us out on, um, yeah, where you're on YouTube or where you're listening, I guess on podcasts, but you can check us out on our podcast, Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable. You can check out our YouTube channel, Doctors of Running, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, LinkedIn. I think yeah. Bach created a LinkedIn. Bach did create a LinkedIn. I was like, what? Um, and I was just hiking in the Appalachians and my friends were making fun of me that I uh, record things for YouTube, which I also think is quite humorous. And they said, have you ever said smash that like button? And I have not until now. So smash that like button. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. the right corner. I hope that's the right Yeah. Corner. I don't find out when we do this. Like, oh shoot. Yeah. But um thanks guys. We we have fun interacting with you guys in this community. So have a great night. You guys too.